This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. With the escalating conflict in Ukraine, we've seen growing concern from the technology sector. As it tries to stop factual information spreading to its citizens, Russia has been cracking down on apps like Facebook and Instagram, which it sees as spreading misinformation. And there's significant concern that Russia could launch more cyber attacks, not just against Ukraine, but other nations. This week, the German Federal Office for Information Security, or BSI, issued a warning against the use of products made by Kaspersky. The BSI said that the antivirus software made by the company has to maintain a connection to the manufacturer's servers. It also warns that an IT manufacturer can be forced to attack systems against its will, or be spied on by the Russian government. So who are Kaspersky, and is there a real threat from using their software? Uh, so Kaspersky um, is a Russian uh, cyber company, uh, very much focused around uh, malware and you know antivirus protection. Uh, based in Russia, but they have you know a global uh, operations, and uh, so certainly you know they're, they're one of the top five, if not top three, sort of malware providers in in the world. Uh, so my name's uh, Professor Matt Warren. I'm the director of the RMIT Centre for Cybersecurity Research and Innovation. Their product is widely used, including here in Australia, that they have, you know, uh, they offer their product suites across Australia. It's a privately managed company um, and has, you know, global operations uh, and, you know, representation across the, 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 the world. Uh, so yes, so, so certainly it's an established uh, cyber global company. Kaspersky was founded in 1997 by Eugene Kaspersky, a Russian national who is still a CEO. And the company is large. It now has 4,000 employees in more than 30 countries. So for Germany to recommend against the use of Kaspersky products is a massive deal. But is there any validity to this concern? Uh, It's interesting. So in terms of the warning, uh, the warning comes from the Federal Office for Information Security, uh, the BSI in Germany. So it's the the equivalent in Australia of the Australian Cybersecurity Centre, you know, giving a warning. But, But what's interesting is the warning doesn't talk about a technology issue that's there at the moment the warnings about a political situation so what the warning is is that kapersky uh you know uh being a russian based organization could be pressured by the russian government to make changes to its technology uh and through those changes in the technology, so you know, through updates and patching, uh, you know, uh, be be able to spy upon uh, spy upon users of their you know uh, technology and, and anti-malware software. And the, and the German BSI particularly talked about German government agencies and German corporations involved in critical infrastructure. So what critical infrastructure are, are key systems of a country uh, that if disrupted by a cyber incident would 
have a major impact on on the population so things like power water power distribution you know supply chain uh, but what's really interesting about this situation because most warnings you know from government entities uh, actually to talk about known technology vulnerabilities but this warning is different so this warning is actually saying at the moment we know that there's no vulnerability but we see a political situation arise and we're making you aware of this political situation and this is the advice that we give you in a public statement, Eugene Kaspersky says the BSI made their decision on political grounds and not based on objective evidence. He says, and I quote, No evidence of Kaspersky use or abuse for malicious purpose has ever been discovered and proven in the company's 25 years history, notwithstanding countless attempts to do so. The company also claims that they've asked BSI to audit their source code, but that BSI has never taken them up on the offer. So is there an actual technical issue here, or is this all just about politics? Uh, again, that, 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 that's very much the case. But, but the problem is in the geopolitical world that we live in, we, we see this not just with Russia, but also with China, is that governments can put pressure uh, directly or indirectly on organisations to act on behalf of that uh, government. And I know Kaspersky is saying, look in Europe, you know, we have infrastructure in Switzerland, it's not all based in in, in, in Russia, uh, but, uh, you know, that isn't enough to say, you know, the Russian government, you know, cannot uh, force uh, you know, an organization to, to do something. Because you have the situation in China, you know, with the Chinese uh, Chinese intelligence acts, which allows Chinese intelligence and governments, uh, you know, to interact with any uh, Chinese company and uh, get access to informational services. So if, if su- let's say, such an act was passed in Russia, Kaspersky would be in that situation that they would have to uh, you know, respond uh, to uh, the request from the Russian government. So how could these potential security concerns actually affect individuals? That's coming up after this short break. Thanks for listening to The Defrag. Our goal with the show is to build a self-sustaining news brand that dives into and explores the intersection of technology, business, politics, and science. For The Defrag to be a true success, we really need your support. We don't want to be reliant on just having to find advertisers, but we do want the core of our content to remain free. Which is why at our website, thedefrag.com, you can support the show by becoming a member of our free newsletter, or you can become a paid supporter. There are membership plans ranging from just $9 a month up to $50 a month, depending on how you want to support the show. And for your support, you'll get a range of different perks, including an ad-free version of the podcast, access to exclusive VIP events and live streams, and we'll send everyone that signs up a sticker pack. You can find out more at our website, thedefrag.com.
The German BSI is not the first government organization to recommend against the use of Kaspersky products. Back in 2017, former US President Donald Trump signed legislation that banned the use of Kaspersky software within US government organizations. At the time, the US was concerned that Kaspersky's products could be used as a vehicle for a cyber espionage attack from the Kremlin. In December of 2017, the UK's National Cyber Security Centre recommended British government agencies avoid using antivirus software made by Russian companies like Kaspersky. And in 2018, the Dutch government said they were phasing out the use of Kaspersky products as well. Kaspersky has always denied any links with the Russian government, but there is clearly a pattern here of concern from government organisations. In, in, yes, in, in certainly the, 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 there are concerns. One of the issues really with malware protection is it sits on individuals' computers. I suppose that's because uh, the concern is, you know, you're, you're fo- potentially focusing on, on individual computers' access, uh, you know, to uh, data or emails that may be on, on those individual computers. And one of the things, you know, that, that's come out of the COVID situation is this concept of shadow IT, where, you know, even within large organisations, people working from home, you know, aren't necessarily using systems in the most secure manner, you know, storing data locally on their computers uh, that, you know, aren't covered by the corporate system. So, so again, I, I, I think it's, you know, uh, the warning, I suppose, relates to the sort of the current uh, situation in terms of Russia and Ukraine, but also the current, I suppose, cyber situation, uh, you know, that uh, what malware protection does is is it protects individual computers. So if you were able to compromise that individual computer using, you know, the, the malware software as the channel of the attack, all of a sudden, you know, you, you start to get access to a, a lot of sensitive information and data that's connected to, to that single machine because potentially everything that you do on that machine could then be vulnerable you know accessing bank accounts processing private information etc exactly and, and again as i said uh, you know before in terms of this situation it's it's interesting because it it, it isn't i suppose talking about a, a known vulnerability uh, that exists at the moment is actually talking about the potential of a future vulnerability that comes from you know, political pressure from governments on uh, Russian cyber companies. Have we seen, you know, when it comes to when when it comes to the cyber world, have we seen any evidence of Russia trying to extend their cyber threats outside of Ukraine during the current conflict? In, in terms of the Russian cyber mode of operation, there's you know a number of levels. There's the activity that's undertaken directly by the Russian government, you know, by their intelligence agencies. There's hacking groups who act on their behalf. There's then individuals, patriotic hackers, who also, you know, form a bit of a cyber militia and act on on, on their behalf. So, so certainly in the current situation, what we're seeing is, is there is sort of an increase on things like uh, some denial of service attacks, hacking sites. What what we haven't seen 
is, I suppose, attacks on critical infrastructure of the rest of NATO countries. And, and I suppose one of the risks you have if the Russians, you know, decide, uh, you know, to try to bring down the power grid system of, of a NATO country is, is that, you know, escalates the situation and increases the chances of, of, of war. But let's remember in 2014, uh, when the first, uh, you know, Ukrainian-Russian war occurred, that uh, the Russians did bring down the power grids in parts of Ukraine and impacted quarter of a million Ukrainians. So certainly it's uh, in turn, so Russia has the capability to, to undertake these sorts of attacks. The problem they now have as is is that they know that there will be an impact is if they attack the west in a cyber context all of a sudden they open themselves up to being victims of, of cyber attacks and as that would then have an impact upon russia but also then escalate the situation even further which is is something that the russian government you know may not want to do, especially at this moment in time when the situation for them in, in the Ukraine isn't going as well as they planned. Also making news today, Yuga Labs, the company behind the popular Bored Apes Yacht Club NFT project, are launching a new cryptocurrency called ApeCoin. The new tokens will be used as in-game currency and will be supported within games offered by Yuga Labs and also the game Benji Bananas from Animoca Brands. The currency will be independent of Yuga Labs and will be controlled by the ApeCoin DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. The UK is cracking down on tech executives as part of new legislation being presented to Parliament today. Executives could face up to two years jail for providing inaccurate information to regulators. The Online Safety Bill is aiming to stop online abuse and criminal behaviour on the internet, and it will hold companies accountable for allowing harmful content on their platforms. If it passes through the British Parliament, companies could also be fined up to 10% of their global turnover if they fail to comply with regulations. And Linktree, the company that allows social media users to link to multiple sites from their one link in bio, is now a unicorn. The company just raised $110 million in a funding round valuing the business at $1.3 billion. Linktree now has 24 million users with 40,000 people signing up every day. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media and the show today was produced and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. If you want to join the Defrag community, then head across to our Discord. It's completely free and the link is in the episode show notes. That's all the news we have today. I'll be back with more tomorrow. Yeah.